Hey, Catholic Divas. In this episode, we're going to be talking about breastfeeding and spiritual life. Remember, we're still in August and this is National Breastfeeding Month. And I just want to remind you that although some of you are way past the age of breastfeeding, I do have for you, I do have a beautiful program called Uniquely Beautifully You. We are still in the program and you are more than welcome to join us. It's been very fruitful for those who are in the community and working in the program. The information is in the show notes. I look forward to serving you and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Hey, Catholic Divas, welcome back to the podcast. And I sure hope that you have been enjoying learning about breastfeeding and the benefits of breastfeeding to the family and to the mother and most of all to the baby. First of all, before we get into this episode on focusing on our spiritual aspect with breastfeeding, I want to share with you two different experiences that I've had since releasing this episode's The first is my husband and I were blessed to go back to Wisconsin, which is where he's from, and celebrate his twin sister's birthdays. We hadn't been there in 20 years, so we hadn't seen a lot of these relatives. And so during the party, I was catching up with one of the relatives, and we were just kind of sharing what we were doing, all that good stuff. And I mentioned that I have this podcast. And it was interesting because I mentioned cycles and sanctity. And this woman, she immediately went into breastfeeding, which I thought was really interesting because she didn't listen to my podcast and she didn't even know I was talking about breastfeeding this month. But she was just kind of sharing her own experiences and her inability to breastfeed. And as I was thinking about that, I was watching her. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Why would she even bring up breastfeeding when I'm talking about cycles? But in her memory, 20 years ago, I was breastfeeding a child. And so in her mind, I was the breastfeeding mom. Anyway, I found it very interesting because like I said, she just shared with me the difficult she had and everything like that. And I just simply listened because I know that sometimes, and this is really what I want to mention to you as the audience, I know that sometimes some of the subjects that we talk about could trigger some of our experiences, some of our memories. Maybe you didn't have a great breastfeeding experience and you just kind of like want to turn off this episode. I get that. Truly, I get that. My breastfeeding experiences were sometimes very hard. It wasn't always joyful. But what I did find, and you heard this in the last episode with Megan, is that once you find the support you need, then your journey could be a little bit lessened as far as the hardship. And that's really what my purpose is to provide you 
the resources and the support so that if you're struggling with your breastfeeding, now I hope that you've listened to these episodes this month or go back to the episodes and listen and find the resources. If you are pregnant and you're kind of fearful about breastfeeding, again, I want to just encourage you to seek out the support. Most of all, one of the things I want to emphasize is, as Nurse Vicki mentioned, Breastfeeding is a science, but it's also an art. And many times the way we learn art is around another person. We experience it around another person. And you heard my stories. That's exactly what happened. So what I want to do is if you are pregnant or you're struggling with breastfeeding, go find another breastfeeding mom that can help you, can guide you. Watch how other breastfeeding moms breastfeed, because really that's kind of where it is. So the second thing I want to share with you, which is really exciting for me personally, because again, my goal about this podcast is simply to provide you resources and support in any way that I can. So this is really kind of an interesting story in that my friend didn't really even realize that I was actually discussing breastfeeding during this month, but I just kind of like, okay, this is God's little wink to me that I'm on the right path. So what happened was we were driving to Dallas to drop off my son. My youngest son just went to university. So we're kind of empty nesters, sort of. I have one daughter that's still living with us and she's just kind of our roommate, I tell her. But anyway, uh, a friend of ours reached out. He is... um. A, a young man. Well, he's not so young anymore, but I knew him when he was 12 and now he's happily married and they have four children. His wife had cancer. She's been able to do chemo and get it into remission and she's still been able to have babies, but she's not able to breastfeed. And so what they have made a choice is to find the support and have other breastfeeding moms pump for them so that at least the babies can receive breast milk. It's not her breast milk, but it's someone's breast milk. And I know that it's probably a new concept for many people. But again, one of the things that my husband always reminds people when we talk about receiving other women's milk is that before formula was created, that is how babies survived is breastfeeding. And just a little fun fact, a little side note is if you read the story of a soul by St. Therese of Lisieux, she'll share with you her trauma because her mother couldn't breastfeed and she had a wet nurse. That's what they were called, wet nurses. And she was so attached to Rose was her name that when they would see her in the marketplace, she would just cry and cry when she was a toddler because she had that attachment to Rose, which I found really interesting. And the other thing I find interesting about St. Therese's whole story is that her mother, who is now a saint, St. Zelie, actually died of breast cancer. So that was just kind of an interesting thing. So I want to encourage you, go do your own investigation and discover St. Therese. She's a beautiful soul. So anyway, getting back to my friend, they were here back in El Paso. They live in a different state. And like I mentioned, she has a beautiful support system where she has a number of people breastfeeding and pumping for her. And then she gives that milk to her baby. Her baby's, I think, four or five months old. 
And uh, anyway, so he reached out and contacted me because the weather is so different in El Paso. And of course, we're all having a heat wave, right? But it's very dry in El Paso, not just hot. And so her baby was actually drinking more milk. And so they were running out of the supply that they had. So he had texted me and was like, hey, my mom thought maybe you could help me because she knew you were a Leche League later so many years ago. And this is what's happening. So I reached out to a number of friends of mine locally who I knew were breastfeeding and kind of talked to them. And one of them was actually pumping for them. And then what happened was I remembered our conversation with Megan and how she told the story of how she pumped out in the field and on the truck in, in with the red flashlight and everything and how she made arrangements to get that milk back to her family. And so I simply called Megan because Megan and I are, are friends and, and I called her and I just asked her, what's the procedure of that? It, because they have the support back in their own hometown. They just don't have the milk here. And so she shared with me and then I talked to him and I gave him the advice that Megan had told me. And it was so beautiful because literally the next day, and I told him we were driving out to Dallas, but keep me informed. And he just shared with me, thank you so much. That exactly helped. You know, we're, we're doing fine. And then just recently, all of their siblings were in town. And so I was able to have breakfast with all of them. And I, and of course his wife and, and his beautiful family and his wife gave me a big hug and said, thank you so much. We never even thought about using dry ice and shipping it overnight. And that's so great. Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I want to share those stories because I want to remind you that I am just simply here as a resource. I'm a conduit. If you're having some issues with breastfeeding, you can always reach out to me. I'm not a Lelechulik leader anymore. I haven't breastfed for 16 years, but I can get you to the person that might help. And you heard some resources. You heard about the Catholic Nursing Mothers League, and you heard about Nurse Vicky, who is an IBCLC. Gina is also an IBCLC, but also La Leche League. So there's lots of resources. So what I want to do now is I want to move into our spiritual aspect about breastfeeding. We've talked about the, the benefits, the physical benefits, the emotional benefits for mother, for child, for family. But what are the spiritual benefits of breastfeeding? Well, going back to our cycle, we have four phases of our cycle, and I like to equate those to the four aspects of a spiritual plan, which I say mark, M-A-R-C. So let's talk about mass. Many women are very intimidated about breastfeeding in mass. They're not real sure when to nurse, how to nurse in mass. And nowadays, there's these little like apron things that you just kind of put over your head and and you just kind of cover the baby. I didn't have those when I was nursing. Those weren't invented. When we were breastfeeding, we tried. There were a number of babies. Actually, two of my sons would always kick off the, the blanket. So one of the things that I want to give you, please bring your children to Mass. We love the saying that if the church is not crying, then it's dying. We want to hear those babies cry. We want to see those babies there. It gives us great joy. Okay, so never feel intimidated. Just a couple of tips, breastfeeding hacks. So if you can, there used to be some stores that had maternity or breastfeeding outfits, but you can just wear a simple shirt. And when you pull the shirt up from your belly up, then you can actually kind of use that as the as the blanket, you know, over your your baby. So, you know, maybe you're 
breast is exposed a little bit, but really once you get your baby in situated, there's really not that, you know, you're not exposing yourself. And remember, you're not a, a waitress at Hooters. You're feeding your baby. This is a good and holy thing. Okay. So you practice modesty, but also practice holiness. So what I discovered was personally, what I would do is this is again, the thought process and the tactics of breastfeeding at mass. What I would do is I would try to figure out, like have the baby nurse during the homily as I'm sitting down, because then nobody is standing up behind me. For instance, when we say the creed or at the beginning of mass, when we're standing up, nobody's behind me to like kind of peer over and and see me in case I'm having a little bit of difficulty and the baby's a little fussy or whatever. But the other thing is, is that it was also really great because then the baby's not fussing during the priest's homily. And sometimes priests aren't used to babies. It's just their own temperament. Sometimes I had to breastfeed and go up to communion. I don't really always recommend that, but sometimes you just have to breastfeed the baby when the baby needs to be fed. Most of the time when that happens, the priest really or the Eucharist minister is focusing on giving you the Eucharist, not like, oh my goodness, you're breastfeeding. But I will share with you, with my fourth child, we would attend daily mass and he was, of course, breastfeeding. And there was a number of women, the older women, that were kind of scandalized that I was breastfeeding in mass. And apparently they approached the priest and he didn't want to do anything unless it was written out as a formal complaint. And so the secretary who knew me said, I'll take care of it. I'll talk to her. And so she approached me and said, hey, there's some people that are a little bit upset that you're breastfeeding in mass. And so my husband and I had to talk about that because I would sit in the front because I understood that for me personally, the way I parented my children, I homeschooled my children for 18 years and daily mass was part of our our schooling. And I wanted to teach my children how to behave in mass, the parts of mass, things like that. And so we had a conversation, my husband and I like, well, go sit in the back. I'm like, well, then the kids, I had one son who just, he just couldn't wait to be an older surfer and he just loved to watch mass. The funny thing about that whole incident, and I just kind of laughed and looked at our blessed mother was when I was notified, it was on the Feast of Visitation, which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, do you not think that Our Lady breastfed? (laughs) And then the other thing is that I shared with the secretary that personally I was offended that they didn't come directly to me and talk to me rather than go to the pastor and go to the secretary. And then I was a little bit more concerned. and, And so I did go and talk to the pastor like, are you concerned about me breastfeeding? Because I don't want to offend him. I, I never want to distract a priest. I, I heard a priest say one time that he was giving a talk on modesty and he was sharing that one time during the summer, this young woman came in late and she was in her 20s or something. And she was a very attractive and she was wearing something very, very immodest. And he said he prayed to God that she would not come into his line for communion because he knew he would just be distracted. And so that just always struck me personally, as far as like, I never want my priest to be distracted by myself from me. Now, of course, our babies cry. That's going to be a distraction. I mean, if they're screaming and my husband and I have a conversation about, he would take the the screaming baby out. But we got to a point where we understood like, this is fussiness. And then this is screaming and they're having a 
a temper tantrum and you just need to take them out. So anyway, so that's mass, but please, I want to encourage you to go to mass with your babies. Another little hack that I personally figured out, again, this is just things that Mama Jane figured out on her own that I want to pass on to you, my wisdom, is sometimes they would be, especially as they got a little bit older, I had one that was just very rambunctious. He wasn't loud and he wasn't crying. He just was very active. And so there was a little vestibule. So we would go out there. And that's actually when I I memorized the mass. I just chose to memorize what the parts of the mass are so that whether I'm in mass myself or whether I'm changing his diaper or out in the vestibule, I'm praying the mass with the priest so that I know what part I'm at. And so that was for me, that was a very important thing. The other thing that I found very, very interesting, and this is a God thing, okay, is that I just prayed, I just asked the Lord when my son was really little, because he was the one that was very rambunctious, but also with us nursing and things is that I just would always ask the Lord before I went to mass to just give me one word. I was like, give me one word. And sometimes that word would be in the collet, the opening prayer. Sometimes that word would be during one of the readings, maybe during a song, during the homily. And this is where I want to focus on with breastfeeding. The benefit of breastfeeding was that there were many times on that Sunday that I would receive that word. And then as I'm laying down with the baby during nap and he's nursing and going to sleep, I would meditate on that word and I'd really ruminate on the word. I would really ask the Lord, like, show me. And sometimes he would give me a phrase, especially if it was the scripture. And sometimes I would have the opportunity to go back and reread the scripture and things. And it was just really interesting because what I found was through my conversations and during the week or whatever, we would have conversations about scripture and people would be like, I would make these observations and they're like, wow, how did you know that? I'm like, well, dude, this is what I do. And then it was really funny because years and years later, Matthew Kelly wrote a book called Rediscovering Catholicism. And in that book, he talks about this concept of the one word. And he actually has a little mass journal that if you go to his website, which we'll find and put it in the show notes, he has a little mass journal that you can buy. It's $1. And typically, if I'm teaching catechism, I will give those as presents when they receive their sacrament because it's a, a beautiful little thing. And he shares stories about how whole families have these one journals. They bring the journal to to mass and then they write their one word. And then on Sundays, they would, as they're having dinner or, or lunch or whatever, they would share what is their one word that God showed them, which I thought was really interesting. So that's one of those things that's a benefit for mass. Okay. So ask the Lord to give you that one word. This is a great opportunity during breastfeeding, really study the mass, find out what the parts of the mass are. So if you have to get up and take the baby out or change the diaper or fussy baby, whatever, you'll know what part you're coming back into during mass. And then the third little hack for mass is just making sure that you're wearing an appropriate outfit to nurse and don't be intimidated. Okay. And for those of you who are older, who maybe didn't nurse and might find it a little bit like these women were a little bit offended that I was nursing in mass. Remember, Our Lady nursed Jesus 
And I'm sure she nursed him in the temple. Now, of course, in the temple, when they were worshiping back in the old days, women sat with women and men sat with men. But still, encourage young mothers, please. This is what I want to impart into our our older women. Please encourage these young moms bringing their children to Mass because we need our children in Mass. We need these young mothers. And sometimes they are very, very overwhelmed. All right, so let's get into A, which is for adoration. I want to encourage you, if you can, sometimes while you're raising your children, if you've got a breastfeeding baby, you may have older children, you may be pregnant, whatever. It may be difficult to get to adoration on a consistent basis. But one of the beautiful things that we did at one of the homeschool groups that I was in is that our parish had a weekly adoration. So we just went to the pastor and asked him, could we have one of those hours and designated as the children's holy hour, which I thought was very, very beautiful. So at first, when we made that change, the pastor agreed. And of course, the people that had that hour were, some of them were a little bit upset because they like their quiet. Some of them loved the children. It just gave them great joy. So what we would do is we would just bring our children, all ages, of course, we were homeschooling. So many of us had eight, nine-year-olds, and then maybe we were pregnant, maybe we had a nursing baby, maybe we had toddlers or whatever. We would start the holy hour, maybe with some prayers, and then we would just let the families have their quiet time. I would typically go around the church with my toddler as he was growing up. This isn't like a newborn breastfeeding. I would just sit there and before the Blessed Sacrament and nurse my baby and let him sleep. But as they grew older, they start walking and things. You take them to around the church and show them the statues and the stained glass windows and the holy cards and show them the tabernacle. And one of the things that I always taught my children to do is we genuflect before and, and after we come into the pew with the tabernacle, we, we just blow a kiss to Jesus because I really wanted my children to understand that that was Jesus. And I wanted them to know that that was Jesus's house. And we would talk about the little lamp, the sanctuary lamp is the lamp on. We would show them the confessional. We were really, really blessed in that we had a number of, that this one particular homeschool group, we had a number of priests. And so once a month, one of our priests would come during that holy hour and offer confession for not just the, the children in the homeschool group, but particularly the moms. And that was really, really wonderful. Anyway, I want to encourage you to bring your children, bring your babies to adoration. The Lord loves the children. Remember, let the children come unto me. Okay. And then rosary. I loved praying the rosary when I was breastfeeding. We've talked about the challenge of breastfeeding, especially in the first few months, because it feels like that's all you're doing is sitting there breastfeeding my baby. And I I think I shared with you that story when I had my first daughter. Every time I would sit on the couch, I would see this coffee table that hadn't been dusted. And then I would get up and I would forget to dust it. And then I would sit down. And so sometimes it is, it's very trying when we're breastfeeding because that's all we are doing. And we're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, we have this long list in our heads about like, I got to get the laundry done. I got to get dinner done, blah, 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 blah. But rest in this moment, I promise you, I promise you, the breastfeeding time is going to be so quick. And you're going to look back, and you're going to be sending your child off to to college, and you're going to be thinking, when did I ever breastfeed him? When did I spend that time? 
But the other thing that I love about breastfeeding is that, again, it gives us that It almost forces us to stop and to go inward and to be quiet. Now, of course, I do remember the days when I'm breastfeeding the the youngest and I've got kids running around and things are happening and stuff like that. So it's not always quiet, but it's an interior quietness. And this is the thing about the spiritual aspect is that breastfeeding causes you to go inward and the whole world could be, you know, the toddler could be running around and whatever, the boys could be fighting, which happened. But there was this interior quietness that I had. And again, we talked about the importance of oxytocin hormone, that release, that relaxation hormone. It's so good for you. If you remember, if you go back and listen to the interview with Nurse Vicky, she talked about that time when she was talking to a friend and she was so frantic. And then all of a sudden her friend asked her, are you breastfeeding? And she's like, yeah, why? She, She could hear it in her voice. So use this time at breastfeeding and meditate on the rosary. Remember, the rosary is what I always say is Jesus and Mary's social media pictures. Okay, it's the life of Jesus and Mary. In the old days before social media, we actually had picture books. And I remember whenever I went to go see my sister, I would always pull out her wedding album and we would talk about, oh, remember and these pictures. And that's really kind of what the rosary is. It's like, oh, look, remember when the angel Gabriel came to me and Jesus was conceived? Like, I remember that. And oh, remember when I went to go visit Elizabeth and I spent time with her. And so take the time and meditate And nowadays, I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. There's a beautiful website called Choose Life, C-H-E-W apostrophe S, Life. And this woman who started this, I've heard her on another podcast and I've actually met her. She's a beautiful, beautiful Catholic woman who has eight kids. She has created rosaries that are like chewing. That's why it's called chew, that teething they're actually a special material that a baby could chew on. But she also has a mother's rosary that, and this is the one I have on all the time. It's a bracelet. And then it has a little hook. So that if you're starting your rosary and you're on the third decade, the fourth mystery, you can move that and then you don't lose your place. So you could start one decade in the morning when you're doing your morning nursing and, and then the next decade, the, the next time you nurse. Just invite Our Lady in with you in your breastfeeding experience. Again, there's a beautiful, and we've actually included this in the show notes in the previous episodes, but Nuestra Señora de la Leche Buen Parto. It's from St. Augustine. It's a shrine, Our Lady of la Leche in Good Birth. It's a beautiful shrine. I went to visit and I have a statue of Our Lady. She's in my office, but whenever I have a friend who, or I hear about someone who's having a difficulty, maybe possibly difficult birth or difficult breastfeeding or or whatever, I'll have a candle and, and ask Our Lady of La Leche to watch over them. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last week whose sister during COVID was having some difficulty and everything. And I was like, hey, isn't your niece going to be three pretty soon? And this person was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. And they pulled out the phone and, and showed me the family. And I'd never met this family, but I, I'd been praying for her and for the baby. And it was just so beautiful to see like, oh my goodness, she's almost three. So anyway, Nuestra Señora de la Leche, Buen Parto. Invoke Our Lady, ask Our Lady with you, ask Our Lady, she is the mother of God, she's going to teach you in your motherhood and your breastfeeding. 
So that's R. The last one is confession. And many times as new moms, we just are so overwhelmed. Sometimes we're not getting enough sleep, sometimes depending on the baby's sleep pattern, sometimes just recovering from birthing. That is a major life change with our bodies and things. But I do want to encourage you to go to confession. If you are having a hard time, maybe when you go to church and the confessional line is just so long and you just can't wait, then I want to encourage you, call the office of your parish and ask to go for an appointment and say, I need to go to confession and I'd like to have a confession in the priest's office. Now, some people I know, some people are, prefer an actual screen for Anna, 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 I can't even say that word, to be anonymous. And I understand that. But there's also an, an act of humility when we go face to face. But there's also, there's a great grace when we make an appointment with our priest I would have to do this when my children were little because I couldn't get to the confessional time that the parish was offering. And so if I wanted to go to confession, that's what I would have to do. So it was an act of humility in that, yeah, sees you face to face. He knows who you are. But remember the seal of confession, he has been given a great grace of like not even remembering these sins. Ask him, let him know that you're going to be bringing the nursing baby. Many priests I find do come from large families. And so they're used to this. I remember one priest came to visit me when my son was first born and I was really struggling breastfeeding and I just kind of had a robe and I just really was not modest in my own home. And he came very very unexpectedly. He happened to be visiting someone that was sick in our neighborhood and he knew that I had just had a baby. So he wanted to come and visit me. And it just so happened because he hadn't, it was very unannounced. And so my husband and my other children were not there. And so I was by myself and I was in this robe and I was like, I'm sorry, father, I, I have to do this. And he's like, oh, please stop. My sister's all breastfed. I'm used to this. No worries. And it was such a great grace. I mean, most priests might not feel that way. I, I also had a, a priest in my home, a visiting priest, and I made dinner for him. And I was going to drive him to the parish that he was going to be giving the talk to. And I just said something like, oh, I need to breastfeed. And he beelined and went outside on our balcony and waited. So again, you have to be sensitive to what the priest's experiences to a breastfeeding mom, but it can be also a great teaching tool for them because as pastors, they need to be part of the family. Now, of course, you need to be modest, you know. And so one of the things, again, I'm going to give you a little hack that I discovered whenever I had to go to confession or whenever I met my spiritual director when I was breastfeeding. There came a time when this one particular son at this one particular time I'm talking about that he would uh, just nurse on one side. And sometimes that happens as they grow older than this feeding, you're going to nurse on the left side. And then the next feeding you just need on, on the right side because he would just be done. And so I would just always make sure that I knew which side that that was going to be on. And then I would just turn away that side so that I was speaking to the priest or to whoever, if you have an interview or you're speaking to somebody that you're not sure about breastfeeding and their comfortableness about breastfeeding, I would just turn away 
and face kind of almost sideways. And I, and I would open my shirt and put the baby to the breast and then I could move backwards, you know, face him face to face. But I would just take that moment. And luckily, again, my spiritual director was, I don't know, one of seven or eight. And he had lots of sisters that breastfed. And, and of course, he was in a parish. We were in a parish. We had a huge, huge homeschool group. And it just seemed like everybody was breastfeeding. And so he he wasn't faced by it, but some priests may be faced by it. So just ask them, but please don't stop going to confession just because you're breastfeeding. Another funny little story I have to share with you about confession is when my third child, my daughter was born, she's born end of September. And then in December, I had a gallbladder attack and it was very serious. So I had to be admitted and they actually had to take the gallbladder out. And so this was Advent and I hadn't gone to confession probably since she was born. So a few months and they were having the big parish Advent confession. It was literally the last Saturday before Christmas. And, and so I was, no, 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 actually I take that back. They'd actually had the Advent confessional a couple of weeks before and I still hadn't recovered. And so we missed it. And this was like the last Saturday before Christmas. And I was just telling my husband, like, we need to go to confession. And I was crazy hormonal. And my poor husband has had to endure all of this crazy stuff. So my oldest daughter was old enough. She'd already made her Holy Communion. And so she was able to go to confession as well. And then I had a son that had just turned three. And so we all got in line. We're all sitting in the pew and my husband went first and then my daughter. And so I was telling my son, like, mommy's going to go to confession. And of course he was like, what's confession, mommy? I was like, well, it's when my soul gets clean. And he's like, no, mommy, I want you to stay here with me. And I'm nursing the baby. I go, no, no, I'm going to put, you know, the baby down and, and then daddy will come back and sit with you. So that's what happened. The baby fell asleep. I put her in their little rockaroo. My husband came out of the confessional and he comes back and I get up to the pew and go get in. And he had saved my place and I got in. And as I'm leaving, I'm hearing my three-year-old, I don't want your soul to get clean. And I sit in front of the priest. There was no screen at the time. And I just like sat there and he was our parish priest. He knew I just had a baby. He knew that I'd been in the hospital and I just sat there and he just looked at me and he goes, take a deep breath. It's okay. Your husband has the son. It's okay. Take a deep breath. And it was just, it was just one of those moments that I just really, really appreciated my priest because I was like, I'm trying to make a good confession, but all of this stuff and everything. So anyway, I just want to share those stories with you because I want to encourage you that motherhood can be hard. And yet this is the time to lean in with the Lord, lean in with the Lord, take those times, those moments to Really just meditate interiorly, invite Our Lady to be with you during your breastfeeding, during your changing the diapers, as you're laying down with the baby for nap, take that time and just really invoke and lift your eyes to the Lord and, and lift your eyes and take your soul and just take those moments and it'll guide you. It'll give you those beautiful times. So if you would like to reach out to me, if you're having any difficulty, next week we're going to be talking about how do we chart during our breastfeeding stage of our life. 
And if you are breastfeeding, I would love for you to reach out to me because I would love to share with you how do we chart. It's very, it's so beautiful. Just this is one of the things I love about Billings ovulation method. Just so beautiful. And it's very, it's simple. It's not always easy, but it is simple. And again, your body is going to show you those signs of infertility or possible fertility. Remember, ovulation happens before menstruation. If you're like me, you may have a bleed. It might be you're thinking you have menstruation, but you're actually having an infertile cycle. So we can talk a lot about that. I can help you chart accurately so that you feel safe. It really breaks my heart when I hear like Marty and his wife, when if you hear that interview with men in NFP, you know, they shared that because of her, she had some medical issues and things. And so they were very, very worried. So they took nine months of abstinence. Now, the other aspect of that is, is that he also mentioned that they were both dealing with some sexual sins and that was a good and holy thing for them to do. But the average person does not need to be abstaining during breastfeeding. Okay. I do not want that. I want you to remember that the marital act is always renewing our marriage vows. And sometimes, sometimes we might feel touched out. I've heard that expression and we can talk about that, but sometimes it's the renewal of remembering that first, my first duty is to my husband, I'm, I'm a wife first and a mother second. And that having that ability to know and feel confident that this is a time that we can come together during my infertile phase so that we know that we're not ready to have a baby at this moment. It just gives a relief and it gives a great joy. So please reach out to me, contact me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you stay and listen next week and we're going to go a little bit deeper. I'm actually going to be covering the rules of the Billings ovulation method and I'm going to talk about breastfeeding and the basic infertile pattern and things like that. So I hope you're having a wonderful August. I know a lot of kids are going back to school. So as we close, let me give you that blessing from St. Paul to the Thessalonians. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I will see you next week and we will talk about the rules of Billings. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode on breastfeeding and your spiritual life. Please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, write a review. I'd love to hear how you have you're a breastfeeding mom or you were a breastfeeding mom, how you developed your spiritual life while you were breastfeeding. And if you're not a breastfeeding mom anymore, but you know some breastfeeding moms, go ahead and share this podcast and this episode. I'd love to have their support and encourage them. You have a great day and I will see you next week.